There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you so much for tuning into our post-Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. Here we go on Friday after Thanksgiving. Everybody's full of turkey and other great food. And so it's kind of a lethargic day. I hope we get some folks tuned in and listen. And uh, here it is, Black Friday. And uh, Black Friday, the day when America goes broke and America runs up the credit cards and they're trying to please people that you can't please. And uh, they're trying to find good deals. And so I hope you found some good deals today. I hope you found some things you had need of and on this great shopping day. And of course, Cyber Monday is Monday. That's when all the cyber deals come in. Man, what a great day Cyber Monday is. But I don't want you to forget about this. Framed right between Black Friday and Cyber Monday is the Lord's Day, Sunday. And you know, that's a pretty great day too. Just throwing that out there, trying to be a help to you. Sunday's a great day. Why? Because you get to go to the house of God. And if anything will help you in your life, it's going to be the house of God. As we look at Psalm 116, we're going to do a preface to Psalm 116 today and uh, lay some foundational things. And then, Lord willing, on Monday, Tuesday, probably into Wednesday, we'll look at Psalm 116. And we're going to dig in on Psalm 116 and look at the doctrine of Psalm 116. Bad doctrine leads to bad living. We're in a day when everybody's concerned about soul winning, and they talk about soul win, soul win, soul win, yet I've known unholy people that went soul winning, and they claimed they had people saved. I've known ungodly people that went out and knocked on doors and claimed they had people saved. But the doctrine is that Jesus Christ is that great soul winner. The word of God winneth souls, and so we see that in the Scripture. He that winneth souls is wise, and who is the great wise one? It's the Lord God Almighty. That's why Paul and Apollos, neither one were anything, he said, but God that giveth the increase. And then I hear the messages on service today, how you need to serve. You need to serve, and you have people that vacuum the church and clean the commodes, and they consider that service for the Lord, and those are needful things. I'm glad somebody cleans our church. I'm glad somebody vacuums the church. But that's not service for the Lord. That's not what God is is asking. What God is requiring of a servant is that he serve him in this matter of truth, good doctrine, sound doctrine. And we want to look at the doctrine of the Word of God. And we look at the doctrine of Psalm 116. I had a man contact me just recently, and uh, someone was giving him bad doctrine. As a matter of fact, the doctrine was so askew, they were actually telling him to sin contrary to Scripture. And I reproved him with Scripture, and I told him, I said, why would somebody tell you to sin? And he was confused by that because he trusted these men. He trusted these people, yet they came without the Word of God. They brought a philosophy rather than Scripture. And when the word of God came, he had a choice whether or not to be reproved and accept the reproof or to believe the word of man. It's still kind of up in the air where he's going to fall on the side of this. Good doctrine leads to right living. 
Bad doctrine leads to bad living. And so we look at the doctrines of the Word of God, and we look how God gave us these doctrines, and those are the important things. The doctrine of Psalm 116 will change your life, not because Tim McVeigh's preaching the podcast, not because we're going to talk about the podcast, but because the, well, Psalm 116 changed my life, and Psalm 116 has changed other people's lives. And we know that according to the Scripture. And we see Jesus Christ. And so I want to lay the groundwork today of how the Lord gave us the scripture. And to do that, I got to start in Psalm 40. In Psalm 40, in verse 6, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within mine heart. And so we see that he delights to do the will of God. Why? Because in the volume of the book, he said it is written of him. Who is that? It's Jesus Christ. This book is about him. The word of God is about Jesus Christ. I have spent the last, I don't know how many years of my life, just searching the scriptures, trying to find Jesus Christ. And to be honest, Sometimes I lose sight of other things just trying to search the Scripture. Part of the reason we did these Psalms and called them the Messianic Psalms is because we were looking for Jesus Christ. In verse 8 of Hebrews 10, it quotes the Scripture of Psalm 40 when he says, Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He hath taken away at the first that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins, but this man, who? Jesus Christ, in the volume it was written of him, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. But this man, after he had offered the sacrifice for sin, sat down on the right hand of God. Now, who is he speaking of? Well, he said in verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Did Jesus Christ do the will of God? Yes, he did. How do we know he did the will of God? Because the scriptures tell us that he did the will of God. And the volume of the book, it is written of him. This is Jesus Christ. This is not just a story. This is not just his life. This is the person of Jesus Christ. Again, a man had told me back in September, he said, I was never told to look for Jesus Christ in the Psalms. Yet the instruction to us is to look for Jesus Christ in the Scripture. You see him in the life of Abraham. You see him in the life of Isaac. You it's more than a picture, although it is a picture. It's more than a type, although it is a type. You see him in the life of Jacob. The angel of the Lord appears and wrestles with Jacob. You see him in the life of Joseph. You see him in the children of Israel. You see him in crossing the Red Sea. He was that pillar. He was that rock. He was that water. He was a sustainer of flesh. He sent the manna, angels' food from heaven, to show that he was indeed God. And the volume of the book is written of him. And so when we see Psalm 116 in light of other Psalms, we have to take a glance and say, you know, maybe this is Jesus Christ. Maybe that is what this is saying. Maybe this is the Son of God. And when we see that indeed it is Jesus Christ, it changes everything in that Psalm.
It's no longer David. And I'll talk about that just briefly here with the Lord's help. But in verse 5, he said this in Hebrews 10 and verse 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. What is that body? It's the body of Jesus Christ. It's the flesh that God has given us in his son. 1 Timothy 3 and 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. That's the body of Jesus Christ. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. Now, Timothy also told us in 2 Timothy uh, 3 and verse 16 on this wise, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I want to go back to 2 Peter chapter 1. In 2 Peter chapter 1, a well-known passage, a well-known verse, but verse 21, in verse 20, I'll start there, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, but the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. So see, if, if prophecy was private, if scripture was private, if we can interpret how we wanted, such as the error I spoke of earlier, where they're actually teaching this man against sound doctrine, it's the will of man. It's logical. It's pragmatic. It makes sense to man. It's an easier road. It's an easier path, especially when you're covetous and greedy, then it's an easy path to not do what's right. And so they chose that easy path. They say, oh, this is the will of God. This is what's script. That's why prophecy is not private interpretation. The prophecy came out of the old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so again, these holy men, and he said, of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has spoken through them because the Holy Ghost has, has moved them to speak. In verse 35 of Mark 6, and Jesus answered and said, well, he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. So Jesus Christ tells us that David spake by the Holy Ghost. We see that as Peter spake of him in that great message in Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 2 is a wonderful chapter is a chapter that every saint of God needs to memorize as much as they can, understand, look at Acts chapter 2, and when you're trying to discern Scripture, take the lessons from Acts chapter 2, apply them with these other verses in which we're speaking, because Peter unlocks the key to the Old Testament. Jesus Christ opened his understanding in the, in the last part of the book of Luke. He opened their understanding, revealed to them all the things written of himself in the law, in the prophets, and in the Psalms. And so Peter speaks on those things. And so Peter has given this great message in Acts chapter 2, in verse 29, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. Now he's speaking of that one that Jesus Christ said, spake by the Holy Ghost, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet 
and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Now, the first part of verse 30 is a key to scripture. Therefore, being a prophet, David was a great prophet of God. Asaph was a great prophet of God. The sons of Korah prophesied concerning Jesus Christ. And the word of God tells us very explicitly that David was a prophet. He spake of Asaph, and he was a seer also in another place. David commanded Asaph to prophesy. He was a holy man of God, and he spake as he was moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, how did these holy men of God do that? Well, 1 Peter chapter 1, he tells us these things concerning Scripture. And verse 7 of 1 Peter 1, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, and then he tells us which salvation that is. There is but one salvation. It is Jesus Christ. It's not in methods. It's not in mannerisms. It's not in the perfecting of prayer or the perfecting of humility. It's not in contrition. It's in a person. It is in Jesus Christ. Salvation is not in repentance. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Yet without repentance, you'll never see Jesus Christ. Until your thinking changes, you'll never see Jesus Christ. Until you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, you'll never see Jesus Christ. But the end of salvation is the person of of Jesus Christ. All of those things play a part. Belief plays a part. Repentance plays a part. Contrite plays a part. Humbleness plays a part. God hiding pride for it. It all plays a part, but the end of salvation is a person. It's Jesus Christ, the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Are they searching for an event? Are they searching for a time? Are they searching for an experience? No, they're searching for a person. They're searching for Jesus Christ who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. And by the way, it has come unto us, for the grace of God hath appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So Jesus Christ has appeared to us. That grace has come unto us. But then here's the key. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So the Spirit of Christ in those prophets spake and spake through those men, testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. If we could wrap our minds around that. If we could wrap our thinking around that, if we could grasp the very idea that these holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, and then as those holy men of God spake, they spake beforehand concerning the sufferings of Jesus Christ. If we could just wrap our minds around that, it would change our lives.
If I can wrap my mind around that, it would change my thinking. It would change my ways. Even beforehand, God, by the Spirit of Christ, spake through those holy men, signifying the sufferings of Christ long before Jesus Christ ever died on the cross, long before he was manifest in the flesh, long before he was justified in the Spirit, the Lord spake to those holy men of God, spake by the Holy Ghost, signifying the sufferings of Christ. Blessed be his holy name. That's why the gospel, as it's given to us, and again, I've said this on this podcast, I've lamented this for years because of my own misspeaking and my own misunderstanding, But it's not how we delivered, first of all, that which I also received, how the Christ died for our sins and was buried and rose again a third day. And I hear people say, that is the gospel. It's the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. No, it is not. And a dear friend of mine preached that several years back, and it it so smote my heart that I've been grasping that ever since. No, he died for our sins according to the scriptures. He did not die outside of the scriptures. He died according to the scriptures. What scriptures? The Old Testament, the sufferings of Christ. As the spirit of Christ foretold these things, that's how Christ died. And then the word of God says, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. How important is that? Well, I'd say it's the most important thing in this world. It's far more important than Thanksgiving, far more important than Black Friday, far more important than Cyber Monday, far more important than every Christmas it's ever been. It's far more important than anything else I'll ever accomplish in my life. It's more important than anything I can even think of in this world. It's more important than all the money of the world, the wealth of the world, the finances of the world, how the Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. Those holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of Christ in them did signify the sufferings of Christ because if you have a Christ that died and he didn't die according to the Scripture, He is Antichrist. He is against the gospel. He is a false gospel. He is a liar and a phony and a fraud. And by the way, most of these other versions have a Christ that did not die according to the scriptures. They have so twisted the versions and perversions and twisted the scripture that he couldn't have died according to the scripture. Their Bibles don't They do contradict each other. They do not line up, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Why? Because they so twisted them and so changed them. It's a false Christ. It's antichrist. But the Christ of the Bible died according to the scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is a holy man of God speaking that by the Holy Ghost. When we look at Psalm 116, And we see the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Let's just make sure we understand this. The prophet spake concerning the sufferings of Jesus Christ. And he spake by the Holy Ghost. And he did signify by the Spirit of Christ the sufferings that Christ should suffer in Psalm 116. This is a preface to what we'll preach, Lord willing, on Monday, Tuesday, probably even into Wednesday. And I wanted to lay this groundwork of understanding how we receive this prophecy of old 
and how we receive this prophecy of that which is to come, which is Jesus Christ, and how that he has come according to the scripture, how he has died according to the scripture, was buried, and then after three days, why? Because in Psalm 116, we're going to see his suffering, we're going to see his death, we're going to see the offering of his soul, and then glory to God wonderfully, how glorious, how marvelous, we are going to see the resurrected Savior according to to the scriptures. Would you have a great weekend? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed